Roger Stone did nothing wrong once again, and people are talking about it. CNN has obtained footage from an upcoming Danish documentary entitled A Storm Foretold, featuring Roger Stone making incendiary remarks on November 2nd, 2020, prior to the U.S. presidential election. In the clip, Stone can be heard calling for violence ahead of the election. Shoot to kill. See see an Antifa? Shoot to kill. Done with this bullshit. After these clips aired, Stone admitted nothing, denied everything, and launched a counterattack. Stone claims, quote, that CNN airs fraudulent deep fake videos and expects anyone to believe them based on their long history of lies. Let CNN or anyone else produce any proof that I knew in advance about, participated in, or condoned any illegal act on January 6th or on any other day. Unquote. Hi, I'm Griff Somke. And I'm Jay McKenzie. And this is the Did Nothing Wrong podcast. So, Jay, why can't Roger Stone just try to go out and win an election fair and square? I think he would tell you that the left won't let him. He's built this Stop the Steal movement, which he started in 2016, around this massive grievance culture, which a lot of people on the right are in line with. They've used it to, you know, grow their platform and their brand, and they're always under siege, right? Trump was always under siege. I think for Stone, he's not, he wouldn't say he's stealing anything. He would say the Democrats and the mainstream media, who to him are the same, are mm-hmm. colluding against Trump and Republicans and finding ways to steal the election from them, right? So he's not he's not the instigator, right? He's just playing defense. Nope. And he said that in the quotes that they aired in the documentary that was recently shot on him, that we don't cheat, they do. He said that in those words, we don't cheat, they do. So for him, it is a steal. That's how he's looking at this whole thing. They are stealing. We are stopping it. And that's his framing. Yeah, and it's it's pretty consistent on the right. It's also why they'll they'll try to talk about like Antifa working with the media or the media is Antifa, right? It's it's anyone who's opposed to us. They're not telling you, you know, how many people are against us. Or they're not telling you how much they're colluding with each other to attack us or bring us down or make us look stupid. But they're out there. And we if we do nothing, then we're just letting them win. I think plenty of people on the left see it right now as if Trump had won, actually won in 2020, right? That Maybe that's the last election. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe they they just tear it all down and try as we might, we're not going to go back to to where we were. And there's just going to be too many judges and too much control and too many shenanigans for the, for, you know, the normal democratic processes to return. Right. And Roger encourages that. Roger's statements about they're going to have to argue in front of a judge that you appointed. So don't, don't back off. That's the kind of thing that when folks on the left hear it, they, they assume that, yeah, we're done. There's no such thing as democracy anymore if that guy if that guy wins. Yeah, and but the right is and has been saying that for years, right? And and mm-hmm. Roger was just taking something that maybe was kind of stuck on infowars, right? It definitely had an audience, it definitely had a reach, it was definitely resonating with people, but he took something kind of minor and he's he's grown it. I mean, compare stop this steal 2016 to what we saw in 2020. It was 
massively bigger. Uh, 2016, right. it was Roger and Jack Posobiec and a few people here and there, and they got some stories out and they made some claims. And, and there were definitely some big posts on Twitter and social media that kind of blew up that about, uh, you know, stopping the steal and Democrats rigging this, Democrats, uh, you know, are taking away your rights and all these things. But it went from, I mean, even that was still kind of fairly fringe to 2020 and we have a attempted insurrection. We have thousands of people marching in DC and it it's not they like, couldn't have done that in 2016. No way. No way. No. And and obviously it's different because Trump was president and there was like a a real cause, a real he was he was bringing people to DC and we're going to save America. That was I mean, you remember the the rally right before they they saw oh, yes. the Capitol was the Save America rally and that was that was the branding. That was what they were there to do. So obviously Trump being there and Trump being president and power empowered a lot of people to take this seriously, but it wasn't like it was just Trump and it took Roger Stone and, you know, people around him, people that, that saw him as like a beacon to just kind of keep spreading that message to keep telling people we're under siege, we're under attack. The left is is cheating, and there are all these things that they're you may not even hear about it or know about it, but it's unfair, right. and you have to fight back. So people felt like they had to. So I think I think for the left, it's it's easy to see. Well, stop the steal. It's they're just they're just stealing the election, but they don't want to say that. But that's not how it was sold to the right. And that's not what a lot of these people believed. Well, and that's not even how it started. If you look at the history of Stop the Steal, this started at the Republican convention. Stone was obviously running this op to prevent a potential Trump not getting nominated for president in 2016. The initial genesis of this was that Ted Cruz or whoever it was they were worried about in 2016 was going to come along and end up with the Republican nomination. And then it was going to be stop the steal. And it's been sort of repurposed since then to be anytime Trump might lose. Now it's stop the steal, but this has always been about Trump and pushing him forward. Yeah, you're, you're right. And uh, there definitely was talk before the RNC um, convention in 2016, there was was talk about oh, we're, you know, people aren't gonna go for Trump, and and okay, I'm a Republican, but I can't support this, and mm -hmm. you know, somebody like Stone is gonna say, well, there wasn't any real movement; it was just the media right. created this this idea that this is gonna happen. But also, these things can kind of snowball. So even if he thinks it's it's not genuine, it's not real it still could be an actual threat, right? So he, he went out there and I don't know what exactly we can ascribe to Roger, but there were people associated with him who said some things <laughs> that appeared threatening and let some people know that they needed to stick with Trump or things might get uncomfortable for them. And that was a big theme, whether it was, you know, there were some things that happened in person at the convention and there were some mm -hmm. things that were said online and it was it was just made clear to people and we saw this um even in 2017 this same sort of mentality when you had people like jeff flake oh yes yeah right bob corker made some comments against trump when whenever anyone fell out of line there was someone around stone or someone around alex jones somebody on infowars saying you know, here's here's this rhino traitor and go go let them know what you think. It's just that constant threat, right? It's it's there's always someone out to get us. There's always someone that's going to bring down 
the movement. So Trump did win and they didn't have in, in 2016, right? And they didn't have to deploy all these tactics. But I think we've we've both thought about, okay, what what if Hillary had won, right? And what would that have looked like? Because stop the steal then would have just kept going. And and it's right. this it's this multi-purpose kind of idea that has changed and will change again in the future. And one of the genius things that he's done is that he's always kept just enough separation from these movements, right? I mean, he helps cultivate them. He's got the Proud Boys providing his security. He's been loosely associated with them since at least 2017. But if you asked him if he was a Proud Boy himself, he'd probably deny it, right? I think so. I I think you see guys like Mike Flynn who kind of, you know, dive all the way in, right? Mike Flynn did the the QAnon pledge and he posted that on on social media and it went out there and it was a big thing in the right. Q movement and oh the general is on our side and he'd been, you know, dog whistling and and kind of alluding to it for years but then he just went all in and now well mm-hmm. now we see Trump going all in with QAnon on Truth Social and some of the memes are something. Yeah, they're disturbing and mm-hmm. nutty and uh it's it's not a good sign of of where we're going. Not at all. Terrifying. I think is a great I think, descriptor I think, of this. I think terrifying. Yeah, I, I think we can go with that. Um, yeah, I was. I mean, I was talking with somebody yesterday about the, just the state of our politics, right? Because we're we're mm-hmm. sitting here thinking Trump might get indicted and still get elected president in two years, and I, I don't yeah. think that's an unrealistic possibility. No. I, I think that could happen, um, and that's just where we're at right now. And God, I hope not, but. Let's be realistic. It's it could happen. This this Nara, um, you know, the classified document scandal. It's it's definitely bad for him, and it definitely could sink him. But it, you know, Teflon Don over there always manages uh-huh. to find a way to squirm out of it. So he's done a phenomenal job of convincing the people who would be voting for him that none of this means anything. It's a witch hunt. It's the deep state. It's the FBI that's crooked and corrupt. And they're going after him and targeting him just like the Russia hoax. And no matter what, even if they indict him, I don't think that's going to change a thing with these people. I really don't. Well, his numbers go up. Right. Every everything you do. Yeah. Everything you do that could hurt him also could help him. Right. Because it is this siege mentality. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it's a question that we had in 2016 and on, you know, if you're talking about Russian collusion. Right. Like how much did how much did the Trump campaign or people associated with Trump and Russia actually coordinate or at what point did they just kind of listen to each other and and they just kind of say similar things, push similar messages, and you don't even have to discuss it, right? It's just we, right. we're not going to say we're on the same side, but we also know we should probably say similar things because a lot of us have similar goals. But you see that with Roger Stone and Trump, right? There have been times when they've been extremely close. There have been times when they haven't been, and it's a question of, how much do they coordinate, but how much do they need to? Because they they think alike, they in general want the same things or at least benefit from the same things. And so there there is this kind of symbiosis with them that it's hard to know what Stone was actually involved with, who he was actually talking to, who he was actually coordinating with, because right. I think I think all of these guys have that effect where 
you you follow them enough, you listen to them enough, and you know what what they're planning and what they're trying to do, and you don't need them to hold your hand after a while, right? They want you. No, you learn how to ride the bike yourself. Everybody knows what the goal is. Everybody knows what you're trying to accomplish, and as long as your statements, your actions, your press, your media is pointing in that direction, you're fine. Everybody doesn't necessarily, like you said, need to have their hands held at this point in the game. They all know what they're trying to accomplish. And as long as everybody stays on the same page and does nothing wrong, as it were, they get to accomplish their goals a disturbing percentage of the time. Well, and I I don't even know if we have Stone ever claiming in 2020 that he was even affiliated with quote unquote, stop this deal, right? That was that was Ali Alexander mm-hmm. and, you know, people around him. And I, I even remember at one point Pasobic kind of, you know, getting getting annoyed on Twitter that that this movement had been uh, co-opted and taken away from Stone. But for me, for someone who follows this stuff, I see a message like that. And I'm like, OK, is he really annoyed or does he want to make people think he's annoyed? But then Ali comes out with a statement saying, oh, yeah, Roger totally blessed this thing. Right. Which is another fake fight. Between, you know, Jack and Ali. Here we go again. It's it's a fake fight and it's it's just flooding the zone with shit, as Bannon likes right. to say. And it it's regardless of which one of these two you believe, and I don't think anybody should believe either, you are talking about stop the steal, which is what they want. Right. Even if Roger didn't talk to Ali Alexander at all in twenty twenty, they were doing right. very similar things. They were they had the same goal, they were uh, at the Capitol on January 6th. Okay, maybe maybe there were a few differences. Maybe they had different banners they were waving, right? But it was the same the same end goal that we we saw throughout that this this election was stolen from Trump and we're not going to allow it. So it's it's easy to get lost in all that. But let's I think we're we're trying to you know kind of have the uh, overhead view, right? We're right. We want to see the whole field, and and what we see is not a lot of distance between those two. And if you think about it, where's Ali been since all of this? He's gone. He's had his turn on the stage. His particular part of the play is over. So Ali is off doing whatever Ali Alexander is doing when he's not doing Ali Alexander things in public. And now it's somebody else's turn to take the stage and work on it. Ali will be back. He'll be back. He's a bad penny. The guy keeps coming back. He'll be back. But, yeah. Yeah, that's been that guy's mo for a better part of a decade. This is what he's going to do. I mean, another thing that I've that I remember as I'm, as we're talking about this is he registered, uh, I think, several of the domains that are associated yeah. with the Proud Boys. Uh, we know that Stone just that he's been working with the Proud Boys for several years now. Yeah, it was that he had mentored them supposedly. He makes the comments in that the, all that documentary footage that he had mentored them. He had brought them along. And, of course, he denies this when you ask him about it, but he says it in public somewhere else, which is just typical Roger. It's the goal. The more that you put out there, the harder it is to actually figure out what's going on. And the more likely it is that at some point they can point to something and say, yeah, I was right. I was right. Look, I said it over here. Yeah, but you said the exact opposite thing in an interview the day before. But it doesn't matter. 
Well, how often do they, they still do that with Alex Jones? I, I mean, I see it all the time. Al, oh, Alex Jones was right, or Alex Jones was right again, or we got to have the Alex Jones uh, was right tip jar filled up. And if you if you look hard enough, I mean, that guy talks a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And if you want to find something he said 10 years ago, and maybe some tiny piece of it is halfway true now, you can find mm-hmm. those things or or you can just make them up and you can lie to your your viewers and and that's what they do and it's been what they do for a very long time it's it's kind of you know how they stay relevant how they keep themselves in the news but at the same time allows you a certain amount of keeping people guessing about what you're actually up to what you actually believe about any of these things if you're throwing out multiple contradictory statements in a day it's impossible for the average person to assume that you're anything but unwell. But this might be how they keep getting away with it. Yeah, the, they're crazy. They're breaking down. How how many posts do we have yeah. about Trump's mental health and how he's losing it and the dementia and all these things? And I, I don't think Trump is particularly well. I mean, and it's pretty clear in you mm-hmm. know, some of his statements and especially the kind of off the cuff stuff. He's not in great shape, but he's also not lost his mind. He, he's always been kind of out there and nutty and mm-hmm. prone to conspiracy thinking. And he's definitely a worse version of himself, but he is still himself. Right. And right. the people that are holding out for the dementia to to just take hold and by 2024 he'll just you know be gone because he can't put three words together uh good luck with that right you know you see that too with with stone and with all this sort of yeah all the all the contradictory stuff all the the saying one thing and then turning around and saying the exact opposite and it it makes people cover it and if you understand the way the media works right you you say if you're a famous or semi-famous person, right, and you say a sort of explosive, crazy, off-the-wall thing, chances are it's going to get picked up by somebody. Absolutely. And then people are talking about it, and then people are talking about you. And then you say the opposite, and, well, maybe different people are talking about that. Or maybe, you know, one what you say one thing for the mainstream media coverage, and then you say another thing when you go on InfoWars later that day. And it's, who can keep up with all of this? And who can, if you do try to keep up with it, how can you make sense of it? I think it makes you prone to conspiratorial thinking or it makes you prone to see connections and patterns that aren't real, that are just kind of this figment of their imagination that you think you right. see. But they want you, you know, chasing shadows and trying to make sense of something that you can't make sense of. And that even if you did somehow, even if you really put it together, is it going to hurt them? Do they do they care? Who would believe you? And who would believe you, right? And and then okay, let's let's report on it. And even if we're right, they're going to dismiss you as crazy, and you're going to mm-hmm. get kind of shelved and put to the side. And who wants to associate with the crazy person who needs to spend less time listening to Roger Stone and Infowars, right? It seems like at this point it's going to be quite difficult to make this guy go away because he's figured out a way to stay relevant and be just separated enough from anything really bad that's gone on. He'll, he'll be glad to let guys like Enrique Tario take the fall for things that he may or may not have been a lot more in on than is currently understood. And to some extent, the reason it seems like he gets away with it is because of he, he couches it in the sense that this is trolling, that he's fucking with people. And fucking with people isn't a crime. And this explosive quote we saw from CNN where Stone says, 
fuck the voting, let's get right to the violence a day before the 2020 election. You know, this is the kind of thing that we have to talk about, but it's not a crime, is it? The way he said it, no, it isn't. Because uh, he's certainly not saying, okay, we have to go commit violence against that person over there tomorrow at 3 p.m., right? Everything is in this sort of um, abstract, you know, notion that, well, this is what it's come to and this is where we are. And he did it with the the Civil War stuff, too, right? It's if you investigate Trump, then it's going to be a civil war. If you convict Trump or impeach Trump, it's going to be a civil war. And it's, it is, you know, amping up the rhetoric. It is telling people that already agree with Stone and that support Trump that, hey, this is what we're saying now. This is okay to say. This is something that we should highlight. This is something that we should be about. But Roger Stone, you know, he's he's going to take a picture of himself maybe, and he did this, at, at the gun range and have a caption mm-hmm. about, you know, preparing for this uh, for Civil War 2.0, <laughs> right? Right. But, but is Roger Stone going to participate in that? No, I don't no, think so. No. Is no, Roger Stone going to fire the first shot? Hell no. Maybe he really wants it to happen or maybe he doesn't. I think mostly he just doesn't care. But I think he knows that it's kind of important to play up that siege mentality, to to play up that we're we're under attack. It's, well, you had to prepare for this last thing. So now let's prepare for civil war because not because we want it, but because the Democrats are making us do it. Right. Mm hmm. So absolutely. Antifa is making us do it. Yeah. Antifa. And, and, and you had that. I think that's part of the reason you saw that sort of mixed messaging over January 6th. Right. You had people saying, oh, I, I think it was Antifa or that looked like Antifa. And then you mm-hmm. you had plenty of other people on the right who were saying, no, it's it's not Antifa that don't do this because it's just not believable. It, it's but it's their go to. It's what right. It's what they do when they get caught or when they're involved in something it's oh it was you know it was it's a false flag and antifa just made it look like trump supporters but but january 6th was even too much for the vast majority of them because it it just was obviously them it was their rally it was their march Mm -hmm. it was their people yeah it was their people they knew you're not going to sell that it was antifa provocateurs who did that because the guy that you know got arrested and convicted of going into the Capitol went on your show six days before, (laughs) before uh, the insurrection actually happened. Like, yeah, we talked about what we're going to do on January 6th, but, and he got convicted for it, but no, it was definitely Antifa that made him do it. Even for them, it's just, you can't sell it. It, There's got to be enough believability. And, and with that, there wasn't, but yeah, I mean, I remember, I remember on January 6th, Stone was in DC and mm-hmm. he, you know, had, um, was it Oath Keepers that were providing security? Yeah, it was Oath Keepers. Yeah. And they were, they were there. Stone was definitely there on the day of, but he posted or. No, he made it quite clear. I am in the hotel room. I am at the hotel. I am not going anywhere. I've got witnesses. All these people can see me like, I mean, building an alibi, right? Right. It's hard to say what he knew or didn't know. He certainly knew. He certainly knew enough to say, I should make sure that people know exactly where I am because I am not where the people are going to get arrested. But whether or not he planned it, he supported it, he was involved, we don't know. But he knew enough to know that, hey, people hate me. People are going to come after me. I know something is up. So I'm going to tell everyone that I'm in my hotel room 
and not somewhere else. Right. That is Roger Stone, right? Like he did get convicted of lying to the FBI, but did they prove that he quote unquote colluded with Russia or that he directly involved with some sort of ongoing cooperation between the Trump campaign and the Russian government? No. And is that because it didn't happen? Or is it because there was enough deniability, there was enough Mm -hmm. uncertainty, there were enough mixed messages? It's one of those things, if you look back at it, okay, he did lie to the FBI and he got caught. Did other people lie and not get caught? Or did Stone lie to them in 2016 and they told the FBI what they knew? They told, quote unquote, their truth. But it wasn't right. actually the truth. And, you know, because <laughs> Roger Stone is Roger Stone and he he seeded these false narratives, these lies in his own people and his own friends and the people he was working with because he knew potentially he could be in legal trouble for this later. So why not just make it harder to figure out? And and that's right. that's his M.O. And for all the things Roger is, no one's ever accused him of being dumb. He knows how to play this game very well. He's studied under the masters as it were all the way back to arthur finkelstein he knows how this game works and he absolutely understands manipulating the media on a level that very few people have ever been able to do it it's terrible for america but it is oh yeah it's awful but it's good for roger stone Mm -hmm. and we have all these videos coming out now that are Roger saying all of this stuff? Yeah, we're going to do it just like we did it in the year 2000. We're going to have them come out against the judges we appointed. And now Roger's out here saying, no, sorry, those are all deep fakes. Does he really think people are going to buy this? Seems that he does. Or at least it seems that he's going to get the people he wants to buy it to buy it. So then what does actually threaten him? What, what does he not want people to do? Well, I, I certainly think Stone doesn't want people to listen to the January 6th committee because he is definitely, you know, under investigation and, and he has cause for concern there. I certainly think that they can make a case for his involvement, but can they prove Roger Stone was involved in a crime? Is there enough to actually prosecute and convict him? It's possible. I think it's gonna be hard because I think there's a limited, you know, amount of ways that you can really tie him to these people. You you can have him talking to them and and they're around him. People who committed crimes all agreeing with or all listening to or all thinking Roger Stone is the greatest, that doesn't that doesn't mean a crime was committed, right? He was in his hotel right. room when when everything went down. So, you know, that that is a threat and and maybe there's enough physical evidence or maybe enough people flip on him that he does get prosecuted. But I think Roger Stone wants you to take him one thing at a time one outlandish claim at a time because that's a story because he's just providing endless clickbait and if all you want to do is sell clicks sell ads on your website get people to you know look at the the crazy image and roger stone in a joker outfit saying a crazy thing and obviously people are going to click on this article that that's not going to bother him because he knows what he's saying and you know knows why he's saying or knows it doesn't matter that he says it so I think one thing that that we're trying to do here and that we hope to accomplish is is put everything Roger does in a greater context in terms of larger goals, in terms of maybe, you know, like we've said, new people will come up, new movements 
that he's influencing or involved with or is somehow you know, either directing or just that that looks to him for guidance. I think things are going to change. Things are going to evolve and grow. And you have to take the all the statements, all the people, all the all the efforts together, analyze them figure out what the point is. And, and at a certain point, you have enough information that you can say, here's what they're doing. Here's probably where they're going to do it next. And here's how we stop it. Or here's, here's how you prepare yourself. Right. And right. that, that is something that we've done in the past and feel like we can do in the future, but it's, it's not easy. It's, it's not, you, you can't read one or two articles and call it a day. I think you have to sort of, um, be marinating and <laughs> in the terrible people who say terrible things and think Roger Stone is the greatest or think the you know the people that he has uh, influenced over the years who use the same tactics um, right. are the greatest. Uh, so we want to avoid doing what Roger wants, but I wish that there was like a one line answer. Here's here's what Roger Stone doesn't want you to do, right? But that that's just not how it works. And I think as soon as you think you've got him or, or someone around him figured out, the game changes, the game evolves. Mm -hmm. So you have to stay on top of it. Right. You might have an idea of what he's up to today, but tomorrow it might be a completely different narrative that he's working to seed. I think it's important to remember that this is a full-time job for these guys. This is what they do. This is their reason to exist at this point. They are, as they've been called, Wired Magazine at one point, information terrorists. Their goal is to hijack the information space and make it say what they want in the service of their goals. And it's not just pro one thing or anti another thing, right? It's not like, okay, we're just going to, you know, attack teachers this week uh, because they're too right. woke, or we're just going to support the police, you know, blue lives matter. That's, that's our week. It can be that, but it's also that has to be taken in a greater context. Right. And I think they, they change what they're talking about, but they also want to control what we're arguing about, what we think is important, where the discussion is going. So it is, it's more than just supporting a thing or being against a thing. It's, they made everyone focus on did Trump collude, did Trump not collude. And they talked about it enough that the left mm -hmm. says, well, obviously he did. And then the right, the more respectable right has to, well, nothing has been proved or Maybe they just deny it and say he didn't, but it focused the conversation on Russian collusion, which there was, there's no specific crime. You're not going to specifically convict Trump of colluding with Russia. I mean, there, there are crimes that could be related to that, but it, they controlled what we argued about and what we talked about. And it, it, they did it with the Steele dossier. They're doing it now with Hunter Biden's laptop. It's They take something that is one thing now, but they also see what it can be in a year, in, in two years. And, and they're not prophetic. They don't know how everything is going to go or who's going to win every election, but they can put down those markers. And that's just something we see with, with Stone, with all these mixed messages and all these fights and fake fights and you think you know where they stand and who they're with and who they're against and then it changes and you really have to follow it and you you have to accept the fact that you're you're not going to understand everything that's happening and you may never or you may 
only figure it out in a year. But once you get a greater grasp of the of the tactics and what they're trying to do, you can at least deconstruct it in a way that helps people figure out how to fight back. Right. You know, it's it's funny though. It reminds me. I remember their uh, Maga three X right got pushed ah, yes. pushed by Pasovic and Cernovich and Baked Alaska at one point, and also Microchip who was quote unquote bot king who said, ah, oh, no, this none of this was Russia. It was it was all me. It was me. I did it all. And then the liberals just want to blame everything on Russian bots, and it wasn't even Russian bots. And and Trump supporters aren't bots; they're just people. And all these talking points that we it's a long list that we could go into but i mm-hmm. you know talking about some of that maga 3x right they were the tip of the spear for the pizzagate stuff in in mm-hmm. uh, 2016 and some of them just leaned into it i mean cernovich was just going nuts on it and there's at least one tweet of Pasovic using the pizzagate hashtag but there's mm-hmm. i think the more damning uh, part is the is the videos that have been oh yeah scraped and saved that of him at comet ping pong and just asking questions about the right you know the children in the basement that doesn't exist literally a couple hours of this guy doing a periscope yeah this is a trending topic on twitter and all these crazy accusations of of pedophilia and child trafficking and it's supposedly at comet ping pong uh, pizza parlor and jack goes there not because he supports it according to him of course now he was there to debunk it despite the fact that everyone who uh, supported that theory amplified his video and talked about his video and Mm -hmm. used it as evidence for the growing conspiracy but in any case i i remember looking back and thinking huh where was where was Roger Stone in all this, right? He what was he That's a great question. What was he actually doing? Because, you know, you look at his Twitter account and he wasn't super active. He was around. He had been posting stuff with Milo who had recently recently been banned on Twitter and just attacking Hillary Clinton and this and that and and Stone's websites were up. I think he was doing some radio stuff, but I looked to see, okay, did Roger actually push pizzagate and on his twitter account he didn't Mm -hmm. but if you go back and look at the archives um and the lead up to i think the apex of pizzagate you know was was the shooting that actually occurred there no one was injured thankfully but someone who had heard some of this rhetoric showed up with a gun and demanded to see the children that were being mm-hmm. held in the basement that didn't exist and mm-hmm. all the people that had been pushing this and been spreading this around social media you know claimed that they oh I, this is not related you know Posobiec said oh the the DC police chief said it's not related to Pizzagate which was a lie but I looked back and no, Roger Stone was not posting about it, but the Stone Cold Truth Twitter account was posting quite a bit about Pizzagate. And Mm -hmm. before that had been posting about spirit cooking. And so, you know, spirit cooking (laughs) kind of led into Pizzagate. It was kind of uh, the same op, but but it kind of evolved a little bit. Spirit cooking was was more about John Podesta and the WikiLeaks emails and the quote, you know, supposed codes that they found in the in the hacked and released emails. Right. But yeah, it definitely kind of vintage Roger Stone because was Roger Stone operating the Twitter account we know that 
he has access to that account because he has admitted at other times that he does have access to it. He has also claimed that an intern or someone that worked for him, which is possible, you know, he's claimed that someone else operates it for him, but he has access. Blamed it on Sam Numberg at one point, didn't he? Yeah, I, I may have been him. And I know there was Jason Miller's another one he liked to throw under the bus. Yeah. Yeah. For these various things. He's got like a cast of lackeys. He does. He's really big on saying, oh, it was that guy. And, you know, there's nothing that indicates one way or another. You know, the Twitter account that mm -hmm. Roger Stone has access to posting about spirit cooking, posting about Pizzagate. Was that Roger Stone or was that someone who worked for him or was it both? Who knows? But it certainly got the message out and it amplified what they wanted to be talking about. But Definitely. You can't say that, oh, I know Roger Stone was tweeting about Pizzagate because y you don't know. Right. That's who he is and that's what he does. And that's, uh, I think, how we should see all of this, right? Is that Mr. Deniability. Mr. Deniability. <laughs> he says enough to stay out of jail. And, and he's smart enough not to say it in front of anybody that's got him under oath. And now that he does not have a free pardon to receive, uh, you know, what he is able to say and, and lie about and get away with has changed. But he does enough to keep himself just a little bit away from from the people who probably listen to him a great deal. But but they go to jail. Roger Stone <laughs> does not want to go to jail and he is more than willing to throw you under the bus and instead of, you know, him taking the fall. Absolutely. I mean, he's. He's the Don. He's not the muscle. He's the guy that was away from all of that when it was going on and has a bulletproof alibi and can prove it. He's not a soldier anymore. He's over those days. Now he's moved up the ladder of the food chain and he's the big guy. He doesn't have to do this stuff anymore. He's got guys like, you know, Posobic, Enrique Tario to do these kinds of things for him now. Yeah, I was I was just looking it up. But yeah, on January 6th, he was it was with Kristen Davis. That's who he, he posted ah, with. I think on, on January 6th, I think at that point, Stone had been banned from Facebook and Instagram. So I think right. I think part of it yeah. was like he could post it on Gab or wherever he isn't banned, but people would kind of question whether or not that's, is that even real? Did they go and add that later? Because I don't, I don't know that Torba would, uh, would say no to something like that. But Kristen no. Davis was not banned on Instagram. So she can post a picture of Roger Stone in the hotel when the insurrection occurred, you know, and there's a picture of like the TV in the background. So, you know, uh, and maybe a right. clock too or something like it's mm -hmm. holding up a newspaper. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, like, here we go. it's all it's all very clear what time it is, where they are, what's happening. There's not a yeah. not really much deniability. I, I think it may have even been in like a, a video that she posted. So it's yes. Bulletproof alibi. That's the whole point. And, and who's who's providing the assist? The Kristen Davis, the D.C. madam who previously uh, helped Roger Stone <laughs> get uh, Elliot Spitzer kicked out of office. Uh huh. Nice to have friends, right? The man definitely has friends. Very good thing. Those two have been running ops together for quite some time. And, you know, friends, how many of us have them? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Did Nothing Wrong podcast. If you want to hear more, you can go to didnothingwrongpod.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at James, the word four, and the letter M, all one word, and Grizza BJJ, G R Z A BJJ, as well as DNW Pod. 
Thanks again for tuning in. And remember, everyone mentioned did nothing wrong. <laughs>